Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special episode of Finsider Radio, the Jake and Josh Show. We will be back later this week with our traditional podcast discussing the Miami Dolphins wide receiver corpse with Pro Football Network's Matthew Kanata. But for now, please enjoy this exclusive interview with Hall of Fame kicker Morton Anderson. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito That's how it kind of happened. You know, big guy of kind of physical stature, you know, for my for my position. Usually kickers are not like 6'2 and yeah. 225 pounds, you know. Um, so I think, yeah. That's how it kind of developed. And then the fact that I could hit like 50 yarders and kick the, uh, you know, kick, kick offs through the end zone and things like that. When did, you, when did you realize that you had a real knack for just, have, have you always had a sort of a long boot growing up or? Yeah, you know, yeah. I was always, um, I was always pretty strong and pretty big for my age. Yeah. You know, I, I was uh, a pretty athletic guy. In, gymna- in gymna- gymnastics, uh, when I was a teenager, so I think it gave me a lot of explosion. I did trampoline, I did jumping and vaulting, and so it gave me a lot of, pl- you know, the pl- plyometrics. I mean, in other words, uh, the explosiveness that I was able to transfer to kicking, so that when um, when I took up kicking, I was able to like really explode through the ball, right? And the ball would just, yeah. you know, fly. So. I think playing another sport and also playing team handball, which I know you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Like team sure. handball and jumping and shooting and, and just different training gave me, you know, different muscle memories. And I think it's important really for the young guys, you know, to play different sports when you're younger. I think Definitely. it uh, develops a different motor skills and uh, different systems in your body that you can uh, recruit later on when you do focus in on one sport. So 
for me, you know, it was genetics, and then it was playing like the cross reference of training methods from gymnastics, team handball, soccer that all kind of merged into one really good kicker, you know? Yeah, for sure. It all helps, definitely. Um, uh, so you, you played for, for many teams over, over your prestigious career, but what was, I suppose, if you had to pick a favourite team, which might be difficult, and why? Well, let me say, <clears throat> I'll start by saying that I loved all five teams yeah. that I played for. I Different phases in my life, in my career. If I had to pick a favourite one, it would be New Orleans because it's where it started. You know, yeah. it's where I was... It was the formation of me as a professional football player. That's where I made most of my mistakes on and off the field and where I matured. So, and I love the city and uh, really immersed myself in the city. So I would say New Orleans is probably like where my heart is the most. But Atlanta really had a, a big part in, in, in a, a difficult time in my sort of mid-career where a big change happened, where, you know, you hit a performance plateau and you either get better or worse, and I just chose to be very proactive. That's when I kind of developed my team Anderson and start engaging other people that were really good at what they did, you know, chiropractors, massage therapists, fitness guys, uh, um, sports psychologists, these type of people. That That's when I really, really became sort of more proactive about becoming a professional so Atlanta was very important in that sense <clears throat> for six years because it was like a rebirth and a rejuvenation. You know, it was changed and change was good. And uh, it elevated, actually elevated my, my play. I actually had one of my best years in 1995. The first year I was with the Falcons. Set NFL records for 50 yarders in a game in a, yeah. in a season. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we had some success. And then, of course, the Super Bowl year in 99 with, uh, 98, 99 with the Falcons was a huge, uh, huge experience. And then on to New York, which was very interesting too, because again, you know, two things to sh- for sure in the NFL, you either get fired or hired. And so they wanted somebody cheaper and younger, uh, in Atlanta, so I went to New York, but just the fact that one door closes, another door opens. Mm. And really, for for 19 years, I never had a tryout. It was my job, you know, and yeah. they brought in other guys to try to beat me out. I never literally had to go to a tryout, and that was the first time I ever had a one-on-one tryout with another guy named Brad D'Aloiso in New York, where I, I beat him out. And uh, so I just had one year there, and then Really great to be on a big stage like New York. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, you know, it was 9-11, so it was a very difficult time. Yeah, for sure. But I, but our team also played a really important role once once the country got back up and running because it signaled that we were sort of like back to business, you know, and we yeah. were back at watching pros. We're watching our giants and jets, yeah. you know. It was, it was a big – it was a – it's a big deal in New York at the time. Sport, so. sport brings people together for sure. Yeah, shit, we miss it, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and for then, sure. Um, you know, Kansas City for two years was fantastic, and, and Minnesota, and then back to Atlanta. So all the teams had, had kind of played played a role in, in the development and in, in sort of the, the timeline of 
of my career, and uh, I appreciate all of it. But if I have to mention one, it's New Orleans, as far yeah. as you know, where my heart is. I suppose uh, you know, with with yourself sort of residing to Atlanta now, that that yeah, that like, as you say, that's a big big part for you as well. Say that again, please. Say so, uh, for for yourself to sort of reside back to to Atlanta now. That that yeah. place must have a real special effect for you as well. Yeah, it's great. And then to be able to still follow the Falcons and, yeah. and be part of that and be part of the Legends community here is is uh, a lot of fun. And seeing some of the guys I played with, Atlanta is actually a city where a lot of sports guys retire and stay. So there's a lot of us here, not just in football, but in basketball and baseball and soccer. So there's a lot of athletes here that decide this is going to be their place of residence yeah. after they uh, stop playing. So it's a, it's a really dynamic place. Interestingly enough, I was watching um, on Netflix Dirty Money last night and uh, watched the Donald Trump episode. And he was talking about the, the Taj Mahal Casino in Atlanta. Uh, no, that would be the Atlantic City. Oh, Atlantic City was it? Oh, <laughs> forgive me. Um, but yeah, no, that yeah, was Atlantic it. Atlantic City is up in New Jersey. That's, Sorry, uh, that's where the legal, legal, legalized gambling is. It was quite late when I watched it. <laughs> uh, good, good, <laughs> yeah. what, good watch though. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to. Ch- I, I got into uh, money heist. Mm. That's good, isn't it? It's great, but I'm like starving for more. Not yeah. watching the four seasons, and it's like there's got to be another season coming. My um, my colleague Joseph said you were um, uh, we were watching the the last last dance on. Uh, oh, it's great, yeah, isn't it? Brilliant, brilliant, really enjoying that. Yeah, there's one, two more left uh, on Sunday, and that's it. What 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 an, what an elite athlete. I mean, is is uncompromised? Uncompromised, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I'm sure Josh won't appreciate this rambling, so maybe we can save it to after. Oh, <laughs> um, it's a nice one here. Other than other than yourself, who would you consider the greatest kicker in NFL history, and why? Well, you have to put Jan Stenerud in there because he was like the, one of the first. You know, soccer style kickers that sort of modernized it and, and made, made kicking a weapon. So I would have to put him in there and then Adam Minateri, I would have to put him in there for his big kicks in the playoffs and the Super Bowl and his longevity. Uh, current guys would be, uh, would be Justin Tucker in Baltimore, who's phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, so that's the guy that pops at me right now. Um, there are other guys. You know, uh, Jason Hansen had a great career in Detroit. Eddie Murray had a great career in Detroit. Nick Lowry had a great career in Kansas City. Gary Anderson, great career in Pittsburgh and Minnesota. And I think even the 49ers, which he was with for a year or two. So there are a lot of guys out there that are really, you know, very good at what they did. Janikowski mm. just is not, was very good as well. Great, great. Um, if you could play any other position or sport, what would it be? <laughs> well, I, in high school, I played a little bit of receiver. I, I had really good speed. Now, like I said, I was tall. Yeah. So I had really good hands from handball, you know. So I was uh, like my dex- dexterity was good, and hand yeah, hand eye coordination was really good. Uh, but they didn't want me to play wide receiver. Uh, they didn't want me to get hurt because they needed me kicking. Yeah. So 
So I just kind of messed around with it in practice, you know, and ran a couple go routes and posts and stuff like that. It was a lot of fun. But so that would have been a position, you know, had I had I had an opportunity back in the back 40 years ago, wide receiver would have been one I would have really enjoyed. Um, as far as other sports, you know, I, I had a chance in soccer and team handball to be really good. I was, I was on the Jodlin team and I was headed, I was on, on the, on the path to, to maybe make the junior nationals in both sports. But that's when I came to America. So it, it stopped at the, you know, stopped there. But, uh, Great. Um, just just going back to what wide receiver. I've uh, you have to forgive me because my my knowledge is a little bit um, vague. But I've been watching a uh, Last Chance You. Um, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Really like it. The, the wide receivers seem to get injured the most, don't they? Is that right? Well, I mean, if they they're very vulnerable if yeah. they go over the middle of the defense, right, and they catch the ball, they get yeah. crossed the back or something. So it is. Um, there's a position where you have to shield yourself yeah. uh, from the defender as much as possible. Speed helps that, you know. So if you have a lot of good speed, yeah. you, can, you can do a lot of things. But it is it's an exposed position for sure. Yeah, because a lot of the time you're sort of taking hits when you can't see them sometimes, and yeah, yeah, that's, that's right for sure. Um, do you have any memories of playing with Don Shula? And if so, what is your best Don Shula story? I was with the Saints. It was maybe one of my first years with the Saints. It may have been my rookie year, actually, in 1982. We had training camp in Vero Beach, Florida. And the Dolphins were down the road in, I think, Davie, Florida, maybe, where their training camp was. And so before the season starts and during training camp, you had these scrimmages, and because the Dolphins were so close, the Saints went down to Dolphins training camp for a couple of days and scrimmaged, you know, played, uh, you know, practiced against the Dolphins. And that's that's really one of the first times, what might have been the first time I met Don Shula. I just remember him as being a, uh, just revered as as someone who, you know, a legendary coach. I mean, and if yeah. you look at his history, he is he is legendary, you know. He was the guy that had the only undefeated team uh, in, the, in the history of the NFL. So, but his demeanor—he was a player's coach, but he's, he was also a disciplinarian. He was—he was a lot of great things, you know. What you want in a head coach, Don Shula uh, provided, and um, you know there was another Danish kicker who was in training camp with the Dolphins. His name was Hans Nielsen. So I remember. We scrimmaged them, and uh, I think the Dolphins won six to three. Hans made two field goals, and I made one, so it was kind of cool. That two Danish guys in Florida for two different teams. You right. Know? Yeah. Uh, but Shula was legendary, and I, I've met him on on a couple of different occasions. And you know, he was always engaging. He was always interested, listening. It wasn't about oh him and and you know. Him being Don Shula, everybody knew who he was, obviously, but he was always very humble, I thought. Yeah, just really cool. Great, yeah. So that's a, that's a good testament to him. Um, what are your thoughts on the 2020 Miami Dolphins? Well, I mean, through the draft, they got better. They had a ton of draft picks, so 
they got better. They got themselves a quarterback. They got themselves a, a cornerback. I think a, a linebacker. So uh, even offensive line, they have help now at left tackle. I believe they got so they got better. Um, and they they should, you know, because they weren't very good. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how these new players, all these first round draft picks that they had, how they can step in right away and hopefully contribute, and uh, and how that will mesh with the existing personnel. Um, so it, it's going to be exciting to watch them in the uh, in the East, you know, with New England and Brady leaving for Tampa. Uh, Gronkowski leaving, um, Buffalo getting better, the Jets maybe getting a little better, but still probably just being the Jets, to be honest with you. Uh, Jets are uh, they're better. I mean, so I think the power, like the pendulum of power in the AFC East has changed quite a bit now, you know, with Miami also having a shot there. I would say Buffalo, to me right now, Buffalo is the, uh, is the favorite. Just looking at what, what they did last year and what's in front of them. Um, you can never count out New England, but Miami has something to prove as well, right? And uh, But they're young. They're really young, and they're going to have to develop. So I think they're a year away at least from making the playoffs. I don't see them making the playoffs this year, but who knows? They could surprise everybody. It's all about performing on the field, isn't it? So, That's the beauty of but sport. But they got better. Personnel-wise, they absolutely got better. Yeah. Yeah. In positions that they really had a need. Great. I'm sure Josh will be happy to hear it. Um, unfortunately, you never won a Super Bowl. Does this make you the Dan Marino of kickers? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll take that analogy. <laughs> I'll be the Dan Marino of kickers. That means I was pretty damn good. <laughs> So I take that highly as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We did win a Super Bowl. Dan went there his rookie year and wasn't able to do it. But listen, a lot of good things have to happen for you to win win the big game, you know? So I, I, I guess I can be in that Dan Marino club of being the best loser. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. And um, a last one. Um, if you could give any advice to aspiring kickers, what would it be? Just understanding that it's a marathon and to try to get all, you know, all the noise that's going to be surrounding you. There's a lot of distraction and noise. Just to focus on your effort and attitude. and Those are the two things you control anyway. But just that personal development aspect of, of your game. Just get, you know, a little bit better every day, whether it's 1% or whatever. Just every day try to get a little bit better. And don't don't be distracted. You know, that's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You, you're in it for the long haul. If you want to be an NFL kicker, you want to be in there for 10, 15, 20 years and beyond. And the only way you can do that is consistent performance, right? So if they if a team has you that knows they can count on you week in and week out, then you're going to have job security. And if you don't, if you get distracted and sidetracked, then you, you're going to be out of a job quickly because there's lots of other guys capable that are, that are waiting in the wings. That's great. Thank you so much, Morton. Lovely to talk as always.
That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Cause we're the Miami 